Attention all you rule breakers, you misfits and troublemakers, all you free spirits and pioneers, all you visionaries and nonconformists. Everything the establishment has told you is wrong with you is actually what's right with you. You see things others don't. You are listening to the Spiritual Activist Radio Show, and I am Rahasia Uncensored, where we look at the world not as it is, but as we know it can be, if and only if we have the courage to question the answers we've been given. This is our world, and it's time for us to take it back. Hello, and here we are again. This is Rahasia Uncensored on the BBS Radio Show. And just want to thank you for tuning in. And today we're going to have a show a little bit different. I mean, I've seen what's going on on the uh, YouTube and all the going crazy uh, social websites about Joe Rogan and Sanjay Gupta. And I was tempted to do uh, a whole show on that. But there's so many people doing it that all you have to do is put those two names in search engine and you're going to get a wide variety of uh Feedback on that. Basically, Joe Rogan uh, had Sanjay Gupta, which is he's the medical director, presenter on CNN. Uh, I, I don't know exactly uh, what he is at this point because he sort of screwed up. Uh, I, I have no idea why he went on the Joe Rogan show either, because, oh, my God, to tell you the truth, it, it was a mistake. Um strategically for CNN, but they let him do that. And you have to question, why are these people doing this? Uh, By the way, you know, if if you're watching this on YouTube, which I doubt, I have to be really careful on YouTube right now, but I'm starting up a Rumble channel, which is going to be rumble.com forward slash Rahasia Uncensored. I have a BitChute channel, which is bitshoot.com forward slash Rahasia Uncensored. And you can always get in touch with me with uh, rahasia at usa.com if you want to email me. Uh, and if there's anything on the screen right now that says you like or share or anything, that also helps the uh, algorithms. Because I, I've been dialed down. I, I'm shadow banned like crazy on YouTube right now. I've all but given up. Um, and, and I think that's the right thing to do, to be honest with you. So here we are today. Now, there's a lot going on. I was also going to do a show on and just call it liar, liar, because they're all lying. And it's weird when you get to a point where they're not only lying, but they know they're lying. That's that's one degree. I mean, watch the Bill Gates thing when he's questioned about um, Jeffrey Epstein. He knows he's lying and he's so uncomfortable. If you know anything about body language and the gestures and, you know, he's lying his ass off. I mean, he, he knew this guy well. He he said he only went to dinner with him. Um, yeah, well, they had dinner at their meetings at the mansion in New York and uh, Pedophile Island, uh, excuse me, Jeffrey Epstein's island. And um, he knew because Jeffrey Epstein had already been arrested once for uh, minors and all that, you know. So who's to say what he was really doing with Jeffrey Epstein? That that gets into more make, maybe the Inquirer magazine could look into that. But I, I don't think it takes a, a genius to figure it out. 
um, but they lie. Uh, Saki, Pasaki, however you say her name, she just lies all the time. And, and like I say, she knows she's lying. But here's where it gets strange. I often tell this story. I had, I had a friend that he could not tell the truth, could not tell the truth. And he stole th- things from me over the years, you know, and I, I finally caught him uh, to the degree where his girlfriend told me that he had what I said he stole. His best friend told me. My daughter told me. They had all seen what he had stolen, which was a chest, you know. Uh, you know, it's a hand engraved chest that a good friend of mine gave to me. And I asked him, I said, did you steal the chest? He goes, no. I, th- I said, Okay. Your, your best friend, my daughter, your girlfriend, they all say that they see it at your house, that you did steal it. He said, no, I, I didn't steal it. Well, how do you explain all of the people around you saying that you did steal it because they can see it at your house? He says, I, I don't know, I, but I didn't steal it. Now, at this point, it gets pretty strange because I told him, I said, you know what? His name was Chaz. He's out of my life now, obviously. I said, Chaz, you know what really uh, twerks my mind a little bit is not the fact that you're lying. You're a liar. That's what liars do. That's why we call them liars. They lie. But it's it's gotten strange because you know you're lying. I know you're lying. And it goes into this weird, weird void where you know that I know that you're lying and you're still lying. So as I'm sitting here looking at you, who are you at this point? Well, this is where our politicians are at. They're lying. We've known they've been lying for a long time. Now we've shown all the proof that they're lying, so they know that we know that they're lying, and they're still lying. You know, Dave Rubin says, I'll just call her Saki. Uh, I don't know how you'd pronounce it. Um, he says that she can't tell the truth. If somebody would ask her, what is two plus two? Uh, if she would say blue, or what? What is the color of red? She'd say four. It doesn't matter. She she has to lie, even though the lie is so ridiculous. You know. So we could talk about all of these things, but I tell you, there's a lot of podcasters right now covering all this stuff. And as much as I get into it, sometimes I don't like to get into it as much as I do. I like to get into it just enough to force me to take action. Like I have food stored up. I have chickens and I'm getting a couple of goats and I live back in the hills and plenty of water. And all of that's come about because I, I am watching what's going on right now. And, And it's not good. I mean, we're in for some tough times. So that's one thing to talk about, but you, you can listen to a lot of shows, Glenn Beck, Dan Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, uh, the Dave, Dave Rubin report, and, and Fox News to some degree, especially Tucker Carlson, he, he's pretty good. They're coming out with things that um, are backed with evidence, and, and this is this is the other aspect. <clears throat> Excuse me. If if you see two people on stage and one of them is saying this is really bad for you, and this one is saying. No, 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 no. This is really good for you. And you you say, okay, to the person that's saying it's bad. Let's say, hypothetically, it's vaccinations. 
why do you think this is bad? And they show you the evidence. Well, here's all the evidence. Here's the research. Here's the people that actually designed the thing. He says it's bad. Can't use it for this. Here's the people that designed the, the testing. They said it's not even appropriate to use this for testing for uh, any kind of virus. And uh, here's the double-blind study between people that that's taken like ivermectin. I, I can say these things now because I'm not going to put it on YouTube probably. Taking the ivermectin, and here's the group that didn't take ivermectin, and there's a huge difference in the outcome. So you go, wow, huh, that sounds pretty convincing. So you go over to the guy that's saying, no, 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 no. You, you, you have to take this because it's really good for you. So you come up with the next question. Well, okay, where's the evidence? Um, well, that's where it gets a little sketchy. Um, there is no evidence. There's no evidence that it's good for you. None. Uh, except maybe if you sort of blur your eyes a little bit, that if you get the injection, that if you catch COVID, it's not quite as bad, but your chances of catching COVID is even worse. And it targets one tiny spectrum of the virus, too, where natural immunity, you're protected against a wide spectrum. So I go with the evidence. And, and the other strange thing is that the guy that's telling you it's good for you, he says, follow the science. And then when you follow the science, it, the science tells you it's bad for you. So <clears throat> it's a strange thing that we're in right now. It, it's double talk and everything else. But so, I, what, like I say, I want to talk about something I want to talk about. And this gets into the spirituality aspect of this, which I think, obviously, to me, is far greater, far more important than all of the nonsense that's going on, the craziness and everything else. There is so much to consider right now. We are at a pivotal point. And as we get into this website right here is called The Stillness in the Storm. Um, and they talk about uh, the Operation Looking Glass, time lensing technology used to look into the past and future. DARPA does it. CIA has been doing it. They said they quit, but you know they haven't quit. And what I'd like to do is check out this website sometime. Uh, for, forget going to Wikipedia, putting in Looking Glass, because they, they've completely taken that over. Um, but what I'd like to do is play a, uh, a thing here by, he's a insider, a military insider that was vol involved in the Operation Looking Glass, and he had some unique talents. But I think it's important just to listen to what he's saying. It's only 11 minutes, and um, it's one of those things that, if, but you've got to have your mind open. Don't listen to this with a 3D linear mind. Uh, you, you've got to come out of flatland to really grok in a Heinleinian sense what, what this guy is saying. But if you can do that, you start sort of seeing around the corner a little bit further over the horizon. You'll, you'll get a deeper understanding of what's going on 
and more importantly, what's coming. Uh, now remember, things like in the Bible, uh, like, like I've, I've said before, I, I wrote a book called To Believe or Not to Believe, The Social and Neurological Consequences of Belief Systems. And it's clear, and I based it on that uh, quote by Voltaire. You know, if they can make you believe in absurdities, they can make you commit atrocities. And it's so clear why that is, because now we, with functional MRI technology, we can see that it's the same neural networking that makes both of those things possible. Um, so they, they've known this for a long time. I mean, Voltaire, we're going back centuries right now, and he's tried to warn us, and many people have warned us. We've also been warned that in these days, whatever these days are, in these days, um, I, I, sometimes it's, it might sound like I'm becoming religious, but not in the organized religious sense. I think that has been completely taken over, completely. It, it, you can't trust the word these people are saying, uh, not to mention some of their atrocious acts because they believe in absurdities. Um, the atrocious acts, of course, is clear if you've been paying attention to what's happening in the, the Catholic Church especially. And now we're flying thousands of kids at night away from the border to unknown locations. And uh, Saki was asked about this. And she said, well, it's not in the middle of the night. It's just early morning. Like, yeah, well, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning is early morning, but it's still at night. And they're doing it under the cloak of darkness. And they're not telling us where these thousands of kids are going. So that has to make even the, the most brain dead of us a, a little bit wondering what's happening with all these thousands of kids. Especially with whatever's going on in the, the highest levels of governments all over the planet. I mean, uh, Jeffrey Epstein... I mean, look who was on the Lolita Express. Some very, very high up people in the monarchy and in our government. Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, Prince Andrew. They're, they're all going over to Pedophile Island. Oh, I'm, excuse me, that's uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island. But it's known as Pedophile Island by the locals for a reason. I mean, it, it would take an idiot at this point. I, I hate to be uh, judgmental. Uh, when I call people idiots or morons, but at, at this point, that's the only, that's the best possible excuse you can give them because anything short of that gets into pure evil and being diabolic. So, like I say, that's the dark dire direction to go, but there is a light direction to go too. And, and I like to stay on that path as much as possible because in the end, we are going to win period. Uh, the good guys always win. Uh, you can go to lotusguide.com and click on articles and read my recent article on collective insanity. Uh, pretty much print, prints it out really plain. And I, I interviewed a couple of uh, psychiatrists and it's a clear thing that goes on on this planet. Uh, you can look this up too on YouTube. Put in uh, nuns, meow, uh, craziness probably. And you'll find that in was it Italy or France, I think it was France, that one of the convents there, 
one of the nuns started meowing. Meow. Meow. And she wouldn't talk. Just constantly meowing. And at first, it sort of made the other nuns a little bit uneasy, you know. Like, what's wrong with her? But eventually, they started meowing. And when it got to a certain percentage of the convent meowing, they all started meowing and they couldn't talk anymore. They were all meowing to the point where the church had to step in, the local government, the health officials had to come there and figure out why every it's collective insanity. If you can get enough people to meow, you will start meowing. If you get enough people to watch CNN and believe every single word they're saying, People will watch it and believe every single word they're saying. And I can see where at least half of the planet is has gone collectively insane. This is why we burn women and sisters and mothers as witches, because they cooked with herbs. This is why Pol Pot killed one-third of the people for reading and writing and wearing glasses. I mean, and we're deep into it right now. But it never works out. It never ends well for them. So let's listen to this. He's a military insider. This is uh, 11 minutes. And let's hear what he has to say. Then I'll talk more on this. One of the caveats that I do have some personal information uh, that I did get personally involved in was some information that had to do with the Stargates and Looking Glass, and more specifically the 2012 problem with those projects. The popular opinion of what's out there right now is that the project was shut down because there was a problem when we approached 2012. I've heard it described a number of ways, but to my knowledge is the problem is is that the timelines converge on that point in time. And when you know enough about the Stargate projects and the Looking Glass project to know how string theory works and how the possibility of possibilities work. Now remember what I was telling you about timelines converging. This is what they're finding out. The CIA found this out. As the timelines go on, there's multiples of them, but they're getting closer and they're converging in our immediate future. And um, something is coming. And I'm one of the people, I think it's the Great Awakening, not the Great Reset. How making one choice over here doesn't necessarily mean that the other choice couldn't exist at the same time. But once you get your brain wrapped around this subject, you find out that at the end of 2012, in an easy way to put it, uh, the choices that we make become less and less consequential to the future. And eventually we're pushed into this bottleneck of time, no matter which choice we make. And see, this is something that the elites and the higher up echelon of military all globally, <clears throat> one of the things they found out was because they were in there trying to walk around with their boots and just try to change things around because they seen this event coming. And this event that's coming 
pretty much just does away with the old regime, with the old perceptions of life. Now, whether we live in a simulation, whether we live in a holographic universe, whatever this is, it's not as solid as we think it is. But it seems like the end point is set and unchanging. We can sort of alter paths getting there, but we keep being drawn to that. And that's important to the people that had access to Looking Glass because they would use Looking Glass knowing the choices that they would make and the future would pop up. The big mistake was coming up with possibility of future and when we started using a computer to say well if we make this choice it's 79% possible that this scenario happens and 23% are possible or whatever round numbers that this scenario would happen the understanding at the time was that was realistic however if you go down the road further and free will continues to exercise itself on this game, that 79% possibility sometimes changes very, very fast. But if you look at the situation in a point of time, it seems very realistic that that's the greatest possibility. What happened was people, very smart people, began to figure out that something big was coming up. Something that made it so all the possibilities of all the future scenarios of any choice, any possibility that was fed in and observed through the looking glass inherently ended up in the same future. And no decision, no possibility changed past a certain point. That's the big secret. And that's the point where remote viewers have talked about in roughly 2025. They they could not remote view past that point. There was like a, a black wall there. <clears throat> they could go up to that point, but they couldn't go past it. And there's too many remote viewers that have said the same thing to just not really pay attention to that. That, that seems like there's an extreme... And that's a real thing, too, by the way. The military was doing that. We all know it now. It used to be a conspiracy theory. Uh, but there, there's something in our immediate future that is coming. And I think we all sense it uh, if we get rid of the fear behind it and look at life with a, an adventurous, courageous heart. Uh, I, I think we see that th this is by far the most amazing time to be alive on this planet because we're called here. And, and the war that we're up against right now, believe me, it's, it's not the war against flesh and blood. It's, it's against principalities because interdimensional beings, we're talking right now about the looking glass and going up into these other dimensions. This is where interdimensional beings live. And, They've been trying to orchestrate this for a long time, but they can't either. It's all coming to a close. And I, I, I don't know, I, I have to at least entertain the possibility 
that this is a universal war between good and evil. And for some unknown reason, um, the line in the sand is being drawn here on planet Earth. I, I think we're coming up against the, the, the most formidable evil in the universe. And I don't think it's real. Now, you can call me delusionary. And I'm, I'm sure if Satan would show up on behind me right now and kill me, I would die. But the evil itself is a... A lack of light. And this is where we come in uh, with the good beings, the good angels, however your belief systems frames this. It's time to heal everybody and everything in the universe. And we don't know how to do this. But I, I think the moment in our immediate future is coming when we're going to be shown all possible timelines lead to the same basic set of history in the future. That is what sends everybody that has all of the information that knows everything into a blind panic. The people that know everything about Looking Glass, that have gotten all the reports and all the information, the elites of the world, probably figured out that that was the end of the game. And nothing could be manipulated beyond that point. When I was in the military, it would have been before 97 when I got in trouble, one of my particular areas that I was amazingly intuitive about is problem-solving slash mission planning, or um, more specifically, taking a bad mission and fixing it. Certainly knowing how string theory and possible futures works makes it so you can work your mind very quickly to see the reality of what's happening and decide what decisions need to be made to change it for a particular outcome. At a certain point after they're done hearing the computer tell them this is what's going to happen, over and over and over and over again. All they become focused on is how do we fix it? What I do know is that I was called in and asked to solve this problem, this timeline contraction problem. And I eventually did my due diligence and did all the investigating and basically only had one piece of information and that was reinforcement, the computer's right, the timelines will contract down to some inevitable thing. There is an inevitable event. It's been forecast. It's been predicted. It's been fed to us in a slot trough of what they want us to believe will happen. They don't actually have control over what happens. They only have control over the reaction, and it seems that no matter what they try to Due to cause their desired reaction, it's going to have an opposite effect. Much, much easier for me to explain today what that process is as opposed to back then. The reason it's easier to explain this today, I, I believe, is because <clears throat> we're getting closer to that event, that end game 
Um, and we can see it. We can see it on the news. We can see it with our politicians. They're, they're collapsing. They're crumbling. And, and they're grasping for any kind of a lie to back up their previous perceptions of what they want us to believe truth is. But it's not working. It's not working at all. And, and it's coming down, and it's coming down quick. And, and when it collapses, we all have to be um, prepared, you know. We have to be prepared a little bit because getting through this transformation, whatever that's going to be, into this other realm of understanding and perception, it's going to be instrumental for a lot of us, like you, whoever's listening to this podcast right now. It's going to be instrumental for us to really be prepared mentally and physically to help the others, uh, the ones that I candidly refer to as morons and idiots right now, because it, I, I don't understand how somebody could be this asleep. I, I honestly don't. But um, that is what it is. Here, let's get back to him. If I had to give it a name, I would say it's the awakening process. It's an evolution of consciousness that cannot, will not, and no matter what decisions or possibilities are injected into the equation, eventually it all resolves down to us all learning the truth and becoming aware of this massive dam of lies that has been built that keep us from knowing massive volume of information that we should otherwise possess. Essentially what happened with Looking Glass, not only did they not want people to use it anymore because they knew it was just going to burp out the same thing, uh, but at the same time they didn't want anybody else to know what it was saying. I'm sure. Probably because that information was a monumental concern when I was in the military about how to prevent this inevitability. Now, at first, I thought it was end of the world. Now I see end of the world as end of their world. The biggest cherry on top of all this conversation um, would be a synopsis to say that if I could convince everybody out there that for all intents and purposes, what we believe to be true eventually becomes true. If somebody convinces us that a major disaster is going to happen in the very near future, a major disaster happens in the very near future. If we don't buy into that fear and accept that there's really nothing that we know know is going to happen and accept of whatever happens, that makes the convergence of the timelines happen as naturally as possible. Any attempts to try to go away from this one inevitable conclusion, I again see as a new beginning. Here's, I, I've often thought of this analogy for what's going on right now. Sometimes analogies helps frame it in such a way that our brains can understand it. When he says that this this event can happen naturally, uh, it's important that we approach this with no fear, 
and imagine for a second that you you are a seed in the ground. You're in the ground. You're you're a seed. You have no idea what you're going to become. Uh, you feel the shell breaking away. You feel the the moisture of the dirt and the nutrients. Feels like it's you're being attacked. And now you have this new growth. And if you would fight it, which actually nature doesn't fight it so much. If you would fight it, it, it would be hell. But if you just relax, relax, and, and let nature take its course, you would feel your being change, and you would feel a breaking through to another reality, a reality of sunlight and air, and totally, you'd still be rooted in into the, the foundation of where you came from, but now you're going to develop into something else and produce more seeds and life goes on. We're getting ready to break through, I believe. So just that was just a quick analogy I thought might help. An end of this reality at the beginning of something that we can't even possibly understand based on the level of our beliefs currently. But when all that information comes flooding out, there's going to be no denying what's true and what's a lie or what's illusion. Basically, what we're experiencing right now is two master chess players sitting at the board. And one of them looks down at the board and sees that he's in checkmate in seven moves. And he looks across at his opponent, and he knows that his opponent sees it too. So there's no getting out of it. So at this point, the loser can only prolong the game. Both players know the game is over. It's only a matter of time before he does this, and then you're forced to do this, and then he's forced to do this, and eventually checkmate. We, as a race, if we can understand that the game is over, that based on the rules of the game, the bad guys have already lost, the good guys have already won, Yes, there's moves left on the table, but those moves are being forced by the player that is going to win. Um, the only way the checkmate can't happen is if the player that's winning makes a mistake. But from all of the information that I've gathered, all of the information that's been given, all of the information that's been vetted to me, it seems pretty obvious that the good guy player on the side of the chessboard knows exactly what has to be done to win the game. And so at this point, any mistake would be all but impossible. But again, you really have to understand the game to know that the guy that's losing is lost. And, and this is why... People ask me, why do you watch so much of the news, what's going on and all that? This is why I do it, because I want to understand the game. And as I'm looking at the game, um, it, it becomes more and more clear that everything that they're trying to do, it, it keeps falling apart, it keeps falling apart. That's the reason Agenda 21, they had to move it to Agenda 2030. Because they, they couldn't do it. They, they could not make it happen. Like I in 2016, 
they wanted Hillary in there because Hillary was part of the Obama deep state team. She didn't make it because Trump, surprisingly, uh, won. And I think the reason he won is he won so overwhelmingly that their little manipulations with the machines and voting and everything, they miscalculated and they thought she would win. And she was sure she was going to win. And she just blew a temper tantrum when she found out that she didn't win. It's like the reality uh, just wasn't there for her. She couldn't understand that at all. Now, when Trump went in the election this time, they didn't want to take that chance. And yes, I, I believe the election was rigged. I mean, uh, again, you'd have to be a, a moron or an idiot that refuses to look at any of the evidence to think otherwise. I mean, it's so clear. Uh, I, I, I don't even know what to say to people that have uh, a different opinion on that because I, well, look at the evidence. I don't have to look at the evidence. Okay. This time, they, they had to overwhelmingly make it so far impossible for him to win. But in the process, they exposed themselves. And that's what happens. The, the news, the news media, they're exposing themselves. And the more we call it out and show through evidence, look, the emperor has no clothes. He's walking around butt naked. Here's the evidence. And the more people that open their eyes and see that, they they see the emperor and he's pretending like he has clothes on still and it just looks uh, sick and absurd. Uh, you'd have to have dementia to think, well, I, I guess he does have dementia, doesn't he? Okay, let's, let's get back to this. There's only like a minute or so. I'm sure most people sitting watching the chess match between two advanced chess players know the game's over long after the two players know it's over. Because they can't see the board and see that there's only seven moves left. You know, I, I think that... Uh pretty much um, explains this. Okay, let's, let's switch over now and um, I'm going to talk about uh, the reality of our th three-dimensional journey that we're on because if we don't really stop and think about things, it's going to be a rough ride. Even though the ride is taking us to an ultimate one place, um, we have ways to alter that and open up to good information. And this is an article that I wrote for our magazine, The Lotus Guide. Are we tiptoeing towards totalitarianism? And um, this is Thomas Jefferson. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Uh, where this gets interesting is Thomas Jefferson, he says, When the people fear the government, there is tyranny. When the government fears the people, there is liberty. That's Thomas Jefferson. Now listen to Barack Obama. 
They'll warn that tyranny is always lurking just around the corner. You should reject these voices. Um, yeah, if you're if coming from where he's coming from, yeah, you, you better reject him. Otherwise, you're going to be, your, your whole life's going to be flushed down the toilet. Um, here's another one, Thomas Jefferson. A government big enough to give you everything you want is big enough to take away everything you have. And I think that's, uh, we're all approaching that. But in this um, article, in these last few minutes that we have, I just want to, I wrote down some questioning our answers. Not answering our questions, just questioning the answers. I mean, we're not paying attention here at all. So let's uh, go to the first question. The first question, why is it that the Antifa, anti-fascist movement, is at the very core acting like fascist? I mean, th- this is where to, to, for a lie to be propped up, it has to be propped up with so many lies that all it takes is somebody asking the question, you know, hey, the emperor has no clothes. And then the people around him go, huh, I never know. Oh, wow, you're right. Hey, the emperor has no clothes. And pretty soon the whole crowd is chanting the same thing. Second question is, racism obviously exists, but is systemic racism truly an overwhelming problem in America, or is it being fueled before every election, by the way, by the media that further separates us by color? And if so, why? They have to divide and conquer. And, and when I look back four or five years ago, um, systemic racism would never come to my mind uh, or the minds of any of the black people that I knew. But now it does. Uh, I mean, I could see right now if, if I was not as conscious as I am, at least, I, I could sort of become a racist right now because white people are being persecuted now. Uh, we don't get jobs because we're white, and it has nothing to do with what we're, our abilities are. And that's unfair to black people, brown people, yellow people, blue people. Uh, we all have to come to grips with this. And I, and I can see this. Right now we have a, a trans person. He started out being a man. I, I think he still is. He's the, the admiral of the health department or something. And he's uh, a trans person. Uh, it, it looks like a weird woman, actually. Then the, the person that's in charge of our transportation, he, he's there because he's gay. It, we all know this. The, the emperor has no clothes, people. I mean, the, these things are so unquestionably true. But I, I feel like I'm talking to five-year-olds when I bring up some of this stuff, like I'm being patronizing, but I guess we have to get there. Third question is, why is it that in cities like Seattle, Portland, and New York, Tampa, and others, that the police are given a stand-down order when it comes to protests that are obviously not peaceful, and as we know now, have hired professional agitators to destroy property and intimidate citizens? Now, keep in mind, I wrote this uh, probably March of last year, something like that, April. Now, if we truly talk about systemic problems, I would say we need to take a look at things like confirmation bias and cognitive dissonance in our society. 
And I go on to explain a little bit of that because there's a mental problem happening with people right now. You get to a point where, and, and this was in my recent article, Collective Insanity, if your cognitive dissonance, if your perception of reality is so diametrically opposed to the real reality around you, you can hang on to that with cognitive distance and, and confirmation bias, just filtering out biology and everything else. Uh, yeah, yeah, men can be women and men can have babies. Yeah, believe me, they're, they're saying this now. Uh, but when it really comes down to it, I, I mean, I can't, the mental image of a man having a baby, that, that, it's got to be the most painful experience I can imagine, if it would even be possible. But when the reality gets so different from your perception, it causes a psychotic break. Or if you're strong enough, and if you, you have the mind and spirit and groundedness enough, you go, oh my God, I've, I've been wrong. And then you start approaching the thing that you were afraid of, the, the thing that was opposed to your beliefs, and start understanding it. And you let that change you. I don't see too many strong people right now, to be honest with you. Uh, fourth question. Why is it that so many people still don't believe in chemtrails when even... I'm just laughing for personal reasons here. In chemtrails, when even the government admits to programs like solar uh, radiation reflection and a long list of geoengineering programs that's been going on for decades. And you can visit a friend of mine's website, um, our, our local people here is chicoskywatch.org and my friend Dane Wigington, which I've interviewed. Um, but you can still see him, I think, on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Lotus Guide. Uh, but you can go to his website, geoengineeringwatch.org. I, I remember going downtown Chico and when, when this issue came out about chemtrails years ago. This little old lady stopped me. She said, Rahasia, you do the Lotus guy. Yeah, yeah. She says, you know, I really like what you write, except, you know, you're really mistaken here. Chemtrails are, are not chemtrails. They're, they're just normal uh, condensation trails. And I had to explain to her condensation da, 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 and how they don't stay in the sky. She says, well, I've never seen any kind of trails like that. Uh, I, I just don't believe it. I'd say, well, and this is where I get to be condescending, you know. I said, ma'am, th this isn't a religion. It's not something you believe in or not believe in. And I said, like right now, look up. What do you see? And she said, well, I don't see anything. I, it's, you don't see those long trails of what you're calling condensation trails that don't do that? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I do see what you're saying now. The mind blocks this stuff out in an amazing way to maintain our reality. <sighs> Sixth question. Why is it that a mountain of evidence piling up almost daily to the contrary, people still cling to things like evolutionary theory as the end-all theory of Homo sapiens sapiens? Watch my interviews of people like Greg Braden and Bruce Lipton 
where they are clear about the fact that our human genome at some time in the distant past was genetically altered in such a way that it would never happen in nature and could only happen in a laboratory situation. Read books like Michael Tellinger's Slave Species of the Gods and a long list of other books that are factually based around this subject. Now, this gets into the, the alien intervention into our bloodline and off-planet beings and the fact that um, the, the, the Essenes, the Gnostics, they've all warned us about the Jinn. They've warned us about the Archons. These are interdimensional beings that come in within us, and that's when the Bible talks about demonic possession. We, are, we can, if we're not careful, we can be an empty vessel or at least a vulnerable vessel for these entities to come in according to the frequency that we're, we're on. And, and I think a lot of our politicians are on that frequency. And it makes you wonder, you know, what happens to a person that we elected to an office, then overnight they seem to change and do the opposite. You know, it, it has to make you wonder, especially when ancient, ancient philosophies and uh, books and cultures have been warning us, be careful, be careful. And, and it's true that they intervene into our genome. And if you look at, at the way, the reason we don't have uh, 48 chromosomes, if we have 46, is because four of those chromosomes were taken apart and spliced back together. And Greg Braden was telling me that the telomeres at the center where the, they, they connected them, the telomeres were removed and any redundancy was switched off. He said that that can only happen in a lab and it happens suddenly. So that's the reason evolution isn't the, the end all theory. You know, we, we probably evolved to a certain point, but that's another show. Uh, why is it that I and many podcasters can get deplatformed for even bringing up the possibility that the global shutdown regarding COVID-19 virus was overkill? Remember, I'm not saying it was. I'm saying it was now. This is, I'm, I'm totally convinced now. Maybe it was justified to close down the entire global financial market. But why can't we even publicly ask this question? The answer is to this might surprise you. Do your research. And now we know. I mean, this isn't about COVID-19 anymore. My eighth question was, here's a simple one. Why are there so many people who truly think that the Federal Reserve is federal and that they have reserve of wealth when in reality it's governed by elite global families and their wealth is the debt they hold on all of us? Don't even get me started on this one. Ninth question, why is it that in many cities you can't be in groups of more than 10 people? Now, remember, this was written last year during the, the beginning of all this. Why is it that in many cities you can't be in groups of more than 10 people and have to stay six feet apart? And at the same time, it's not only okay, but sanctioned in many cities for hundreds, sometimes thousands of people to protest, riot in the streets, break into stores, terrorize citizens while screaming and shouting, thereby spreading COVID-19 virus. I, 
like right now in San Francisco, there's a was $700. I think they raised it. You can go walk, walk into a Rite Aid and steal in bags of stuff and walk out of the store. And it's not a crime. And, and they wonder why crime is on the, the rise. But they don't count that crime when they're counting crimes. They don't, they don't count that crime. They don't count shootings. So they can say crime is go, actually going down. Well, it's, it's going down if you don't count the crime, of course. Tenth question. Exactly what does defunding the police mean for public safety? This is a touchy one because I, I think the police definitely need to be looked at, scrutinized, and trained. Uh, we, we've lowered the standards for a lot of police. Personally, every policeman I've met has been nice to me. It, it always hasn't worked out in my favor. But I've taken it to court, whether it's a traffic ticket or whatever. That's that's where I argue my case, not to the policeman on the street. Um, I I don't know, you know, I I don't know about this. I I've lost a couple of really good friends because I, I said, you know, I don't see systemic racism in the police department. In other words, I I don't see every cop, every law enforcement agency in the United States getting up every day and going out to hassle black people and arrest them and shoot them. And it's funny, too, because I, I ask people, how many people, how many black people do you think uh, police officers shot last year? Some people said a thousand, maybe less. Uh, a lot of people said, oh, at least a hundred, you know. Uh, and and it, that that was according to whether the the Democrats would say really high numbers. Republicans would say uh, high numbers, but not as high. It was 18 people. And, and a lot of those 18 black people actually had weapons. So, and I'm sure that there was probably a whole lot more white people that were shot by cops because cops have a tendency to not want to shoot a black person because it entails a, a lot of uh, politicalness, you know. So I, th- I think we need to really look at this with open eyes and uh, really think about it. Uh, if you go to our website, I, I've actually uh, put some YouTubes on here. Oh, here's a YouTube that was taken down because I, I talked too much. And um, here's one that it's, it's interesting. Let me see how long this is. That's seven minutes. This I think we have time. I think we have time to watch some of it. Uh, This is the police chief of uh, Chicago, I believe. Back to Hannity. So last night, the Democratic presidential candidates were asked, do black lives matter or do all lives matter? Take a look at their responses. It matters. And that is why this issue is so important. Black lives matter. White lives matter. All lives matter. Out of the candidates who answered that question, only former Virginia Senator Jim Webb said that all lives matter. Joining us now with reaction, Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark, CRN KRLA radio host Larry Elder, and Fox News political analyst Juan Williams. Sheriff, I'm having a hard time with this. Um, White lives matter, (laughs) black lives matter, Asian lives matter, Hispanic lives matter, blue lives matter. What is so controversial about saying all lives matter? And what does it say when somebody won't say that? 
<laughs> Sean was a pathetic display of his plantation politics in its finest hour, the continued enslavement of black people emotionally by the Democrat Party with this destructive liberal ideology. And they know it. They're whoring for votes. They know that's what they're doing. The liberal ideology has been very destructive for the black community for the last 50 or 60 years. And this is the thing. When you actually drill down and look at um, what black people are saying, black people want more law enforcement in their communities. Because the biggest thing a black person is afraid of is another black person uh, shooting and killing them, because that's where it all comes from. They, in Chicago, they, they have like 40, 50 shootings a weekend with three, five, six, seven deaths every weekend. And it's out of hand. And now they want to fire 3,000 law enforcement officers, not to mention the emergency medical people, for not taking the jab. And um, now what are they going to do? With, with 3,000 officers gone, suddenly... I would imagine if I was a criminal, I'm going, yay, yeah, this is, I'm going to move to Chicago. You know, it's, uh, it's the place to be. And um, I don't know. Like sometimes I, I get a little bit frustrated with people. But um, what to do? What to do? It's, um, it's, it's all going to come to a close, you know. And this is what the, we were talking about earlier with the military guy. I'm watching this chess game, and, and I can see that there's a few more moves left. But little by little, we're going to win this game. We are going to win. And then, like I say, if you want to visit our website, lotusguide.com, this is a website. And you can read our magazine online, too. It's a flip magazine. And there's some really good articles in here. Uh, one is by Annie Fuller. She's a shaman. I mean, she nails it. Four or five really important points to listen to. Uh, Jack Alice, he, he's... Sometimes I, I read his article and I'm like, oh my God, if I do this, I'm going to get all kinds of people emailing me. But little by little, it's only a few people. I, I think people are waking up to what's going on. And um, the more we can put out information like this, the more it's going to wake people up and the safer we're going to be. So <clears throat> that's enough for today. And thank you for tuning in and feel free to email me, leave comments. Um, I'm here. I'm just one of the voices out here in the, the forest uh, trying to wake a few people up. So thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks.